Hey everyone, welcome back, or welcome to the Enduring Churches podcast. This is so weird because I'm I'm used to being wow, <laughs> not beside you. It's so great. Yeah. By the way, you've got to watch this one on on YouTube. This one's uploaded. Go to our webpage or go to our YouTube channel and check this one out because because we're together. We're together. We're in person. <laughs> I mean, this is like we almost did this live, but we decided not to do this live uh, because. The audience, you know, we didn't want to like cause an internet crash. <laughs> That's true. There'd be so many people yeah. watching that we wouldn't know what to do. But we are actually recording this in Nashville, Tennessee. We got to get together, and we're at the uh, Southern Baptist Convention, and uh, and so it's been a great, fun time. We've got a couple more days we get to be together. But um, yeah, so we just want to talk to you today and get to experience this together with you. Yeah, it's it's kind of exciting. And you know, by the way, if you don't know that we are we are Southern Baptist um, pastors, ministers, we we believe in the power of cooperation, and really that's why we do the Enduring Churches podcast. You don't have to be Southern Baptist to, to listen to us. I hope that we say things that that can help you anywhere but there is something powerful about being united with brothers in christ and we're so glad we get to be united uh to do this to do this together so so anyway um cool yeah awesome we're gonna have a good time and just to kind of go with what alan just said we do have a lot of friends uh, that are not Southern Baptists that are part of other. De- <laughs> He's got two friends uh, that are that are part of other denominations or independent churches, and oh. <laughs> we want you to know that as as long as you are sharing about Jesus to the world, and man, we want to come alongside you and be there for you. Yeah. So Trent, uh, you know we're here together in in Nashville and. Um, it's a beautiful night. We're sitting out here on a de- on a, on a deck um, house we we were able to share this week. And so, what is it we want to talk about today? Yeah. So um, change that seems to be our middle name, right? Yeah, right. But big picture change, right? Right. We want to talk about like the, we oftentimes talk about change within the church. Like, how are you going to change something mm-hmm. or something like that? But we're actually going to take change from a maybe a little bit different perspective today. Yeah, and, and we want you to um, kind of understand kind of where we're coming from too. We've been sitting in the Southern Baptist Convention meeting all day and listening to resolutions and things and changes. Uh, and so this is kind of on our heart and mind and uh, we want to talk through some of the things about change um, and how to deal with it as an overall, as Alan said, big picture deal. Yeah, and it's a great chance to detox, too, because yeah. after a day in, in meetings, you definitely need some detox time. But, you <laughs> yeah. know, one of the things, a couple of weeks ago, Trent, um, we listened to several other uh, podcasts, so, so we're not independently brilliant. We, we borrow from others. <laughs> You're kidding. <laughs> but um, but I was listening to a Carrie Newhoff in, interview with um, Gordon McDonald, which, by the way, I would highly recommend that interview. Mm. Uh, that interview you know Gordon's 82 years old he's seen a lot done a lot and he said something about how he feels that the church is at a precipice and you know at the convention we hear a lot about this is a a kind of a a shaking moment in Baptist life this is going to be a landmark time and we are at a landmark time in history things have changed fast things have have changed in our culture 
as people of faith, we are behind. We are behind our generation. He said, "I'm not going to be alive to see this." But after a period of decline, he thinks that the church is going to see some amazing and bright days. And I just thought it was so good to hear a wise sage remind us that God is still in control and that oh, God yeah. is up to something. Mm-hmm. And I, it just kind of put on my heart a thing of how do we prepare um, for for change at that big level at that that. That, that crazy 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 level yeah and there's so much it seems like in the last year alan that there's been so many changes and our culture seems to be changing so fast that that all seems to be very negative but again gordon mcdonald kind of pointing to the positive side in his interview and and i agree i think there's bright days ahead for the church bright days ahead for those who would work together to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's right. That's right. And, uh, you know, good news is I can wear a Paisley shirt right now and not feel ashamed to do it. So <laughs> He's secure. Yeah, more secure than I am. Yeah. So so anyway, uh, you know, Trent, I think the first thing, and this is, isn't this true because I know it, I know it's true in my life that, that people leading in change sometimes are the people who hate change most. Yeah, and you know, Dana always says that's my wife. She always says that change is my middle name, and I I like change, but you're right. There are sometimes when people see a need for change, and they will help to make that possible, even though they're the ones that would typically be like, no, I don't, I don't feel comfortable with change. Yeah, you know, I, I, uh, I heard that leaders love change, right? <laughs> and and I remember hearing um. One, one leadership expert say leaders don't really love change. They love the change that they want to see, yes. but they don't, lo- they don't really love change. So, you know, I think it's important for us to remember that we can be, we talk oftentimes, oh, this needs to change or this needs to change, and then someone changes or something changes, and we go, oh, I don't like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and so, yeah, it's important for us to remember that. Yeah, I think leaders, not only do they like the change that they like, but they like the change that they initiate. Yes. Because it's in those cases where we feel like we have more control over the change that's happening. And uh, we see, we may see a need for change, and so we get to push the ship. We get to say, hey, this is, this is what needs to happen. And so we, as leaders, we like those kinds of changes. But there are other times when we may not necessarily be the ones who see the change or are the people who are pushing for the change to happen but we also you know begin to realize that hey this is a good thing this yeah is a well and i think it's because change happens without asking our opinion doesn't it oh yeah I mean, it, it, I mean, you know we, we we came through this time and we we will go back and history is going to say one thing or another about like uh the movement, the, you know, in the 1980s and in 1990s, and we had the moral majority mm-hmm. um, and, and all those things. And what we were trying to do is demand that society change in accordance with, with our opinions. Mm. And I think one of the things that we've had to wrestle with as the church over the last 20 years or so is that change happens, and it, it didn't really ask us. It hasn't asked the church what our opinion is. And, and in fact, at times it's demanded that the church change our opinion um, to meet the world, and the gospel tells us so that's where that point of conflict mm-hmm. uh, of, of that conflict is. And so change happens, and it, it really didn't ask our opinion in this. That's true, and it, it brings a tension and that cultural tension between you know society or our culture and the church and whether we're going to change in the same directions. Sometimes we try to pull and, and change in opposite directions. Uh, and you, you know the, our culture, the lost culture, I would say, those people without Jesus have not asked 
the church's opinion and sometimes unfortunately we have not earned the right to share our opinion you know with the culture around us we've we've assumed too many things we've not um, lived out the love of Christ in some situations and so unfortunately we haven't gotten the right to share with those who are lost those people without Jesus the the changes that could help them we've missed that opportunity sometimes yeah and I think that's why the church we're, we're at such a crossroads and we're, we're at the place where how are we going to endure in the future what are we going to do to make a real difference in our future world and you know Gordon McDonald uh, Carrie Newhoff um, you know there Will Mancini and, and future church everyone talks about how we are at, at this critical moment um, in history, Gordon MacDonald compared it to to the Reformation. That, mm. that we're we're at that big of an event um, in, in history, and so we're not going to see we, we're going to see change like we've never seen it. And I, we got some information from uh, George Barna Research this weekend that really I think begins to show um, some some of those shifts and, and some of those uh, those changing dynamics. You know, we're just finding out what Generation Z feels as the first section of those young um, young adults are, yeah, are really kind are of becoming are, adults. Are, are starting yeah. to put their opinions out, are starting to take jobs and entering mm-hmm. the workforce. And, and they, ha- they have a hugely different mindset from, from any other generation we've ever seen. Yeah, but they, you know, there are some drastic differences. They're, they're going to move to smaller and smaller. Um, you know, mm-hmm. and so big events uh, may not be the key to reaching this group. It's going to be more like sitting, sitting and having a conversation at a coffee shop is going to be more likely to reach them. Yeah, you know, I grew up in, I, and you grew, you grew up as well. I mean, we were events people. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember going through college, and we every time there was a big event, we were there. Right. You know, and I remember going to youth conferences and college conferences with with countless numbers of people and we we enjoyed that we we embrace that and the next generation is like yeah it's a little too showy it's a little too flashy I, w- I really want a place where i can ask a question and where's a safe place to ask a question and i think one of the the big shifts that's coming is you know is is in the realm of questions and you mm-hmm. Trent, you i know you're passionate about questions but we've got to be able to embrace people's questions um and that's probably the biggest difference in in the way we communicate today yeah i think it's it's typical for us to get defensive when people ask questions but i, I honestly you know especially people young people that are just becoming adults as they're asking questions it's not to try to trap us it's not to try to make us angry it's they have a legitimate question and no matter what those legitimate questions are we need to be able to hear them and to have an actual conversation without getting defensive about those yeah you know and to i think that those those young people they're looking for something that is authentic they're they're so surrounded by stuff that is technologically and um, you know, on their phones, on their computers, Twitter, Facebook. Well, they're not really on Facebook. Uh, but all those things, and they're not sure what is true. And so they want to have a conversation with somebody, maybe even older people, mm-hmm. and have a conversation and say, what really is true? And so we can talk to them about Scripture and show them what is true. Yeah, I think one of the early evidences on Generation Z is they're multi-generational. They have mm-hmm. a respect for people in every generation. I think that's one of the mm-hmm. cool things uh, um, about them. They're very open to mentoring and those 
those close relationships and I'm, I'm kind of excited I'm oh, kind yeah. of excited about some of the things that they present but we've got to be ready we've got mm-hmm. to be ready to jump on some of these changes as we hear about them I'm gonna throw a statistic out and I don't remember what it was maybe you do but it was uh, just about the openness of people of having a gospel conversation that people are much more open to that than than we had really expected to see in in the post-COVID world. And this is like brand new research. It's gonna be coming out in a Barna report. So if you get Barna's stuff, know that you're gonna get some of that information. Mm -hmm. But I I, I was encouraged to hear that, but it's a conversation. And if if it's not conversational, if it's it's preachy, Mm -hmm. and we're gonna continue to preach in our churches, but, but you can't be preachy in your relationships. Right. Well, and I wish that I could remember, and I have to go back to my notes because, yeah, we got to sit in a conference (laughs) where um, one of the lead researchers from Barna was able to share with us um, all these things and break them down. And the cool thing was that it wasn't just the young people that were more open to these conversations. It was every age demographic was open, had a positive um, yeah. opinion about being willing to listen to a conversation yeah. about they, that. they want a conversation you mm-hmm. know they don't want they don't want us saying get off my lawn mm-hmm. you know or anything like that they, they want to have a genuine conversation well you know Trent we're coming up on a year and a, a few things happened over the last year that that kind of shifted a few things you know um <sighs> I think it was COVID. I'm, I'm, it's hard <laughs> yeah. to remember now. It's been so long ago. But, Bad you know, th- we're going to be years trying to figure out, did we make the right moves with COVID? Mm-hmm. You know, should we have worn masks? Should we not have worn masks? Um, should we have locked down? Should we not have locked down? You know, how many strains are there? How good mm-hmm. are the vaccinations? There's, there's a million questions, and we're not going to know the answers to mm-hmm. all of those emphatically for, for years and years and years. And the same is true with change. You know, we make change, and we're, we've gotten so used to immediate results, immediate results, immediate results, and the change that is going on right now is going to take years to sort out how mm-hmm. effective we were in the midst of it. Oh, yeah, and, you know, there are so many things that we've, we have, we've been forced to change, and we, we begin to question ourselves, did we make the right decision? Um, have we gone down the right path? Is this... Is this the same path we need to go on? And it seems like, especially if you're a pastor or staff member that's listening to this, you may feel like that, man, that's all I do is is change things. There's nothing that I can nail down and say, this is what we do. And so I think in the middle of all this change and trying to figure out, hey, if I'm going down the right path is I've got to keep that what we've been hearing all weekend is keeping the main thing the main thing. And that is that okay, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I've got to nail down that and and keep focusing on Him and all these other changes that we're sometimes not in favor of. I think that they will sort themselves out. God's wisdom is going to give us wisdom and show us the direction we need to go. Yeah, and I think the more transparent we are with the change too, the the more that's, that's going to be. I think that's another theme that's come up is that transparency and I think there's a better word than transparency I think sincerity mm-hmm. you know I, I love the word sincerity and I think we need to be sincere in what we're doing and who we are how we live all of those things make a huge huge uh, difference um, mm-hmm. as we navigate the cultural change and the cultural shifts um, that, that are going on and so we're, we've got some points here we <laughs> who knows we may add one or two in by the time we're all said and done <laughs> but but Trent how, how do we adapt adapt um, 
to change. Well, and especially, you know, Alan and I are in, we're getting into the older part of, of the demographic. Speak, speak for yourself, <laughs> old man. I am. I am older than Alan, and, and he likes to remind me of that. But, yeah. but yeah, we are getting to that point, and, and we're getting to the group that is typically, they assume we don't like change, and that's probably true. It's fair for to say that. Um, but so as, as we're in that we need to be willing to to take on some changes um, and continue to grow I, I think change and grow are synonyms that we need to keep together because if I'm not willing to grow I won't be willing to change and if I'm not growing I'm dying and and so you've got to be willing to take on some change in your ministry um, and in your life in general I think yeah, I think I think that's just so so huge. You have to you have to make change and and just let it grow in you. So it's important for us to change something, and and maybe it's just being willing to change something in in how you how you do your services, or being willing to learn and maybe consider a preaching style that is more interactive, or considers mm-hmm. more questions, or maybe it's it's willing to to take a take a group of teenagers from your church out out to lunch at Taco Bell and ask them some questions how you how you can reach out reach out to their friends and how you can understand what's going on in the world and just ask questions and, and don't give them the answers um, let let them a- ask the questions that they have you know and process process those questions before you answer them yeah and don't get frustrated because you know that teenagers are the king of I don't know I don't know, you know, and so it's going to take a while. So don't get frustrated when you try to take on these, you know, things like Alan is saying. Um, and it takes a little while to grow that relationship enough where they're willing to actually talk to you and have a conversation. So it may take a few lunches, yeah. you know, to get to that point. So does that mean we shouldn't quote 80s music anymore? <laughs> yeah, they don't even know what that means, uh, you know, man. You might as well jump. That's right. So anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh no, we're not going to jump. We're going to roll. We're going to roll with changes yes. that don't involve any non that that involve non-essential doctrines of our right. faith. Yeah, you know, I was told by a pastor friend a long time ago that um, that there are essentials and there are non-essentials, and there are some things that of, of our faith that are essential. And we're not going to to give way on those things, but there are some other things that we can we can have a discussion about and yeah. say. Hey, well, tell me why you feel this way, and, and it's possible that we do need to change some of those things. That's right. That's right. I think probably the best moment of the convention was when the uh, re- or the motion came to turn on the air conditioning uh, at a higher level. <laughs> yes. That was a much-needed change. The AC it was easy. You see, it was easy to adapt. Sometimes you just got to roll with things mm-hmm. and, and, and let those things go. But, but yes, um, our, world, our world is changing. The, the hills that we, some of the hills that we died on that we thought were huge hills, a long time ago are, are not the hills that are worth dying on and you know I've been around in near denominational type stuff and I've watched people be ripped apart for 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 little little things I remember I remember um, an artist being reprimanded for using a Michael Jackson song in a mime that communicated a truth and it communicated what he was trying to communicate and mm-hmm. and yet he was told you can't do that you shouldn't do that and you know it's kind of tragic that we 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 make that an essential doctrine but we know that that paul quoted many times um people who were not 
of the faith and so right. you know it's oh it's okay to learn from a multitude of places and mm-hmm. to, to kind of learn to roll with this, some things and say you know what okay uh, this is just how it is i'll get an electric car <laughs> i don't know that i can go there yet <laughs> well but that's true you know and we've said this several times on our podcast episodes that that being able to listen i think is a key in this um because that communicates to to the person being listened to that hey I do value you enough to listen to you and possibly change, you know, to, mm-hmm. if I'm willing to listen to you, then yes, hey, we can have a discussion and we might get to change something. I'm willing to listen and hear your points. Um, right now in our culture, it seems like everybody, they want to spew their opinion, but they don't want to listen to anyone else. And that's, that's a recipe for disaster. And, dialogue is important and it's it's really at the heart of the gospel mm-hmm. i mean when we were to go and make disciples it involves something that is verbal and shared and it becomes a conversation and jesus was the master of the conversation mm-hmm. i mean he he taught us how to communicate with with others and so you know trent you and i we are certainly part we are still part of the change culture mm-hmm. to a degree but uh, we will likely not be the poster boys. One, you don't want us on a poster. Um, there's obvious reasons, obvious reasons for the, for that. Um, but but secondly, we we really are probably on the older side of, yeah. of, of of change. And while we are people who are still making changes, I think the change is is in leaders who are probably now in their 20s and 30s. The the biggest changes we're going to see. Yeah, and well. It- we just had a resolution today um, talking about the need that we are going to make every effort to reach out and to share the gospel with everyone 18 and under and those are there are going to be some changed leaders that are just now in elementary school we have no idea what's going what's coming in the future and if we are not doing our best to um, make uh, take advantage of every opportunity with those younger people those in the 20s for sure, um, those young leaders, man, you need to take them under your wing and and have those conversations with them. You know, tell, say, hey, what do you feel about this? Because I, there are a lot of people in their 20s that feel like nobody is willing to listen to them, and sometimes they have great ideas, Alan. They they have tremendous ideas. Sometimes, yeah. Yeah, and so we need to listen to them. We also need to be putting energy and effort into those that are still in school, and because they are the future yeah. of, of our mission, you know, being able to share the gospel around the world. Yeah, we, we need to pray for these young leaders. You know, mm-hmm. I, I watch them, you know, I see, I see kids struggle to be, become leaders and you know and I'll take the athletic field as an example you know when I was a kid uh, my, I said hey I'm going outside to play with friends we created our own games we made our own rules we enforced our own rules and if you didn't follow the rules we shunned you <laughs> you know you had to play by the rules whatever the rules were created okay so the slide is now base mm-hmm. or what well, okay well that's the rule all right the leader has spoken that that that, that is base <laughs> And we've moved into a culture where kids from the time they're two years old and, and up, they're always told what to do. They don't make a leadership decision. They don't, make a, they don't answer the leadership call. And we're at a, at a, at a crisis of young leaders. We, we do not have young leaders rising in the ranks. And we need gospel leaders. And I believe God's going to raise them up. 
and we, we want to be part of helping raise up that next generation and preparing that next generation. And so we need to be praying fervently um, for the leaders of this next generation who are going to be a huge, huge part of really the, the new church uh, reformation as it comes along yeah i agree alan and this is something that i've been trying to push in my church is that we are praying for those those young people to be called out um that god would call them out and and so yeah i agree we need to be praying you know if we if we want god to call out those in, in from our church and we want those great leaders we do need to be praying we need to be praying for them praying that God would be the one who speaks to their hearts, that God would show them how awesome he is, and that serving him and being a leader in ministry or even the business field or whatever, but being a person who's willing to stand up for what they believe, standing up for the gospel of Jesus Christ is amazing, and that you can do that, that you can make those decisions, you can make those hard stands and and be bold um, for Jesus, I think that's we need to pray for that for sure. Absolutely, you know, pastors um, and, and church leaders. I want to go back to that first thing. We we struggle at times as leaders with the change that we don't initiate. But I promise you that change is all around you. I want you to just take this week and look look around at at the changes in culture, the changes in your community. The changes, in, you know, in, in beliefs and, and the way people think. And I want you to think about how effective you are navigating through that. Because how we navigate change is going to do a lot to determine our future. And so we want you to be engaged. We want you to endure. We want your church to endure. And we're here to help you. So, Trent, tell them how mm-hmm. uh, they, we, they can reach out to us. Well, and we would love to have a conversation, not just you, and we appreciate if you watch or listen to our podcast. We think that's tremendous, but we want to have more of a conversation. And so in order to do that, you can look us up. You can go to our um, website, EnduringChurches.com. You can look us up on Facebook, um, at Enduring Churches on Facebook. You can also email um, us, you can email Alan, A-L-A-N, at EnduringChurches.Consulting, so it's not .com, but .Consulting, or Trent, T-R-E-N-T, at EnduringChurches.Consulting, and so that we could have more of a conversation with you, and you may have some great, um, great ideas for our, our podcast. We'd love to get some more ideas for episodes. Um, or if you've got something going on in your church, your ministry, um, we want to be there to have that conversation with you and maybe give you some fresh eyes, fresh ideas. Yeah. We certainly do. And this is coming from two guys who this week were confused as the two Muppets that sat in the uh, balcony at the, uh, at, the, at the Muppet Show back yes, in the day for all you old pastors who Get remember. Get some real re- talent. Yeah, remember the two curmudgeons <laughs> up there. So anyone who made that analogy and has noticed that that similarity thank you for discouraging us we appreciate it but um anyway we are yeah we we haven't had much sleep lately so anyway we thank you yeah thank you for for joining us on the enduring churches podcast and big stuff big stuff coming um, in the future so stay tuned and you'll hear more about all those things